Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. Today, we actually have, um, I think, our first doctor, our first legit doctor. A uh, real interesting guy, someone I'm, I'm actually looking up to, some, someone I want to get to, to that kind of level. Um, he's a doctor. He has his own practice. He owns a couple of rental properties. Uh, basically an entrepreneur, self-made man. Uh, he figured out how to plug out the matrix, get out of it, and kind of just have financial freedom in a way to be able to do what he does. And he has a big family, just an all-around cool dude who I, I went through his profile and... Um, I instantly just liked what I saw. He's like, uh, talks about fluoride. You know, we're all about that fluoride stuff here. Just about helping people wake up and realize how teeth essentially are. It's a big thing in your life and how that can kind of stem. You can kind of root yourself in that and in that create a better life in yourself. He also talks about drinking clean water, babies. Uh, he has a blog. Um, a real interesting and smart guy, so I can't wait to get into it. How are you doing today, Mr. Trino? Is How do you say Trino or Trino? Uh, it's tri Trino. It's Trino. Um, my parents are from Mexico, so. <laughs> but in here, it's Trino, is how everyone calls me. And the last name is Nuno. Nuno, yeah, okay, good, brother. So you're Mexican. We're both Mexican. You speak Spanish? Si hablo español, amigo. Great, great, great. That's awesome, bro. I, I love, I think I've noticed a pattern that first generation kids here are usually uh, maybe s smarter or more on the ball they're more like oh i gotta get ahead and like try to make we my parents gave me the opportunity to, to make a better life of myself so i kind of got to take advantage of that yeah I, i'd agree 100 it's almost like you get to grow up and and see two cultures right yeah so you grow up in your in your home culture where everything is You speak Spanish at home. I didn't even, I didn't know English until I got into kindergarten. I actually had a, I was a first student um, of the ESL program. And yeah, I loved my teachers. They they taught me how to speak properly. And I still remember just being like, wow, there's two completely different worlds. On the one hand, you have um, the American culture where it's very materialistic, very consumer based, consumerism based. And then the uh, the Mexican culture where family is everything and you don't have a lot, but hey, we can, you know, it's always positivity and, and just getting by with what you have and being grateful for what you have. So it was, it was amazing growing up the way I did. And I'm sure the way you did as well as, as a first generation here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. You put it, you articulated it very well. When I was young, my father, it's same, likewise, I, le I didn't learn English till I was about eight years old, I think. Um, my dad would tell me, you have to learn, you have to read, you have to study, because once you start learning a different language, you can see a whole different world. And like you said, a perfectly, a different culture. And imagine if we had children, like sort of experience all the cultures around the world. How awesome would it be if there was like maybe a type of program where kids could go to maybe Mexico or Colombia or uh, across the pond to Europe and just to see how different people live and how culture, the music, the food, the language, the hand gestures is all like you can enrich yourself by just seeing how different and how variable humans are. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see that every day in my practice and I'm sure we'll get into what I do and um, 
some people say you're not a real doctor, but I think I am. <laughs> no, you guys are. Y'all actually have to go to yeah. the doctor school, right? Yeah, we did. We we um, so I'm a dentist, and um, th that's my profession. I don't really I don't like identifying as a dentist because anytime you go out and you sit, tell someone that you're a dentist, it's the questions come out, tons of questions, and people usually open their mouths and stick their fingers in their mouths and say like, "Hey, do you want to check this out?" But um, it's, so yeah, dentistry it's it's really competitive and it's hard to get into and. We do a lot of the same things, a lot of the same courses um, that just an MD or a medical doctor would would have to go through. I'd say the biggest difference is um, we, right out of the gates, we just start, we actually start practicing and start drilling on teeth uh, pretty, pretty quickly. It's more of a hands-on um, profession versus uh, medical doctors. They have to go through more of a residency program because there's so much that they have to absorb and, and experience throughout their uh, residency before they can start, you know, talking to patients and, and treating them properly. And if you want to get into like what I, my thoughts are on medicine today, I mean, there's, as you can read from my profile, I'm not a big fan of conventional medicine. Well, let's get into what made you get into dentistry or tell me about your childhood, because I think it's very interesting. Like I said, I think first generation kids they can see the contrast between the two cultures. So I think that kind of gives them a leg up into seeing just how maybe the hypocrisy of the culture in America and how they say things through narratives. But when you find out the truth, like Big Farm is not really there to help us. It's really there to just uh, pull the money from us. And that's how they stay alive. I mean, hospitals don't make money by healing people. They make money by having sick people there. They need full bed, the room's full. So I think it's very interesting in how coming from a different culture, just seeing it from a different perspective gives you that that view of maybe things aren't, maybe we're not being told the right things or we're being maybe we're being had in some way. So I want to maybe tell me about your childhood and coming here to, or were you born here in America? Yeah, I was, I was born in Iowa. And so um, I didn't get to experience the immigration part of it my dad came out here when he was 17 uh, so he was just a, a kid um, and so he, he's got some crazy stories that uh, he, he hasn't told me too many of them but the ones that he has I'm like holy moly holy shit <laughs> you're pretty badass it's if anyone's taking risks it was him and now it's funny because now he's one of the most risk adverse per people you I, I know like he doesn't like taking too many risks anymore wow. probably yeah. comes with age um so yeah, my childhood, I mean, dad worked, right? So he was a, a laborer in a meatpacking industry um, and my mom stayed at home with us. So it, I think that's pretty typical. And I have always been inquisitive. So there's always, why do things, why are things the way they are? Right. You know, I was questioning religion at a very early age just because of some of the things I was reading and learning about and just the, the, the hypocrisy and organized religion there. I was questioning um, just school in general. I, I go to school and bored out of my mind, but I get good grades. <laughs> so it's like, do I, like, why do we need to learn all of this stuff? And why do we need to sit for eight hours a day to like, what, what's the end goal here? And then 
growing up the way I did, not with lots of love at home, just not a lot of, um, we, we didn't have a lot of materialistic things. I wanted that. And I wanted to, I wanted to build my parents like a humongous house and just be there for them so that they didn't have to go to work and, and work as hard as they did. So I had that fire inside of me and, and an inquisitive nature. Um, a lot of the kids that I hung out with, um, they, I just noted that they were better off than I was, but I didn't feel like they were any smarter than I was or, or they were any better at sports or anything else. And so that just kind of set the table for my ambition and my, my, my willingness to learn as much as I could learn how the world worked around us. Uh, cause my parents didn't know a lot of how the world worked. They, uh, quite honestly, they just knew how to, they knew how to go to work, make the cash to be able to then support their family. And so by the time I got to college, um, money was like number one on my, on my list to learn about. Mm. And I wasn't, um, at the time I wasn't really ready to go to college. So if we go back a little bit, um, when I was about 17, I wanted to get into the Marines and, um, my mom put a kibosh on that. She just said, Nope, if you're not going to do it. Whack me on the head. She's like, you're going to do something else. Just not that. With the chancla, so, huh? She hit you with, with the chancla. The yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, looking back, I was, I was just a kid and I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm grateful for that. And one of the, uh, one of my guidance counselors came to me and she's like, Hey, Trina, why don't you go to a local school here? It's just a small private college. Uh, you're, you're good at sports. So I'm sure I can talk to one of the cross country and track coaches and they can get you a scholarship to get in there. So I was like, really, I can get, I can get some money to go to school. So it's all been by accident one. Like wow. I really, I wasn't looking to be a dentist or to be, to be any anything like that. Uh, once I got into college, that's when I realized like, hey, maybe I can do something. Um, and the medical industry just really intrigued me because I just like, I don't know what it is, like something inside of me just feels like I would be good at treating others and just figuring out, figuring out complex issues. Uh, I love science, physics, um, uh, pretty much any any of the sciences, and so that that set me off on my journey. And um, I, I did take some math courses as well as finance courses. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is the way the financial industry works. And I didn't learn it through college. My economics professor actually was pissed off at me because I would I would always ask the question, "What is inflation?" Mm. And then he said, read your book. So, okay, I, I've read the, the definition that you want me to read. Why is it there? Why do we, why do we put this upon ourselves? Like inflation doesn't make sense to me. Right. And yes. it didn't make sense for, for maybe like another decade. I was uh, 18 or 19 at the time. And now I just see it completely different. It's, it's uh, it's an insidious way to steal wealth from the common person. And unfortunately, you know, you talked to a little bit earlier before the show started, uh, 
that you wanted to get into some of this uh, investing and, and growing a portfolio and that kind of stuff. You have to, if you want to grow quickly, you have to walk on the dark side a little bit and, and play the rules of the game right now the way they are in order to leverage the way the banking is, industry works to be able to uh, accumulate assets, right? Yes. And that's what I struggle with a lot. <laughs> so I leverage a ton on one hand, but then what do I do with that? Like, I know that I'm creating this inflation, right? I'm, I'm adding to the problem. Mm -hmm. So I like to balance that out with doing really good in, in the world. And the way I do that is just by learning as much as I can about uh, just the way God or, or nature, whatever you believe in, like the universe, learning how we're all supposed to connect with, with nature. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm building a regenerative farm out here in, in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, um, just for the sole purpose to feed my family, number one. And then number two, it is to educate others on like what real nutrition is, what what is real food, what's real wealth in this world of fakeness, <laughs> and um, and that's my passion. So I like to balance the good with the bad as best as I can. And I understand that every decision that we make um, has an opposite reaction, and so that, that's kind of what goes around goes goes on in my head a little bit there. I love it, brother. Man, we think a lot alike in so many ways. I also love anything, any science, anything that I like to, just nature in, in itself. I don't understand how people can get depressed or sad where just life is so amazing and that you can get lost in anything that you pour yourself into. You can just become the best. And I love mm -hmm. how you've, the way that you've, in your life path, you've created this way of like teaching others through health, like through teeth. So I'm here at your website, guys. Y'all can go check out his website. It's Dr. Trino Nuno. Um, so here, just you know, on your bio here, it says um, whole person health. We're reconnecting the mouth to the rest of the body. You'll find a root cause problem approach with Dr. Trino. Our focus is on the microbiome, biophysics, and mitochondrial health Help us to take a dive into preventing future dis-ease. And I love how the way that you think you're basically seeing, taking a step back to look at the whole picture. How food affects us, how water affects us, how our teeth affects us, how water affects us. Um, and you're even going out of your way to create a regenerative farm. I love that. I, I see that that part of Instagram is blowing up, like gardening getting off grid, creating your own, having your own chickens, uh, animals, your own food, unplugging from the matrix essentially. And I love how you've done it. Essentially, you came from a family when you were talking about your dad getting here. You know, I have same similar stories. My dad came here on his own. He crossed the river. You know, he's a legit wetback and he brought his family over. My my aunts and my, my uncles are all here because of him. And similarly, he, uh, a big risk taker, you know what it, I mean, to imagine leaving your home country, going to a country where you don't know the language, you don't know anything, and to try and make it. And likewise, now that he made it, he's very conservative. He doesn't like taking risk. He likes to make sure that everything's going to work out good because he's seen a lot of, a lot of shit, you know. Imagine what that's like getting over here, being a coyote, a coyote, bringing people over to give them the opportunity to, to make something of themselves. And you've done it. 
And sadly, when I was in school, I wasn't that on the ball to go to college. Um, and I'm so glad that you found out there were scholarships and um, you made it. So now you're a dentist and you're helping people just reconnect and have an, an all-encompassing, holistic approach toward like making a better life from your, for yourself. And it all starts kind of with health. And then from there, actually, you just naturally start unfolding. It's so sad how many people are... Their microbiome is like basically trash. It's fast food. Even the stuff in the grocery store, I'm sure you know, it's all that shit's not good for you. What the best thing to do for somebody to do would be to create their own farm. And that's what I'm working on. Tell me, um, well, let's go back actually. What made you decide to stick to dentistry? There is a, a hometown dentist. Um, so I, So I became a... Um, the president of a health organization at my college. And one of the things that I did was I brought in different professionals from the community, uh, the local community out here in Fremont. And one of those was a dentist. And I was just fascinated. And I, he got to mentor me. He showed me his practice, um, the way he treated patients. And I, I got to see my two loves put together science and art Mm. (laughs) i love science and i love like drawing and i like uh, sculpting things and i was just like you i would be good at this and and i love talking to people and helping others so i think this is gonna be a good fit and the guy was really cool too i mean we were i was in evasion we were cracking beers and just you know having a good old time (laughs) so um i just think it was the right place at the right time that helped me guide me to dentistry and then just all of my interests in one profession is really what helped me stick with it mm. so i'll tell you that it wasn't easy i uh when i found dentistry i had a 1.3 gpa Damn. <laughs> i had a lot of fun my first year in, in college uh smoking too much weed and just drinking too much partying and and uh yeah, my grades suffered. I was still a, a, an athlete too, playing three sports, and so it was a lot, a lot of demands on me. And so, when I decided that I wanted to be a dentist, I went to my professor, um, my my advisor, and I said, "What do I need to do to get into dental school?" And I could tell that she was hesitating on like giving me good advice. She was really thinking hard. She's like, Trino, you, you probably need to think of an alternative. Oh, I'm my like, God. No, <laughs> I'm burning the ship. Like, <laughs> I'm on this island, and I burned my ship. There's no way off of it. I need to figure out a way to get into dental school. And she said, well, you're going to have to retake a lot of courses. You're going to have to get special permission to do over full-time credits for school. And she says, I'll, I'll get back to you and help you figure out a plan. Well, that night I went home and I never cried, but that night I cried oh, wow. and I pleaded with God. I was like, please, if there's any way, like, I just need to figure out a way to do this. Cause this is really what I want to do. And being the, I grew up like very in a stoic family. So like, you don't show emotions. So I just like slap myself. I'm like, what the heck are you crying for? Mm. Just pick up your pants and just figure out a way to get this done. And so I sat down with a pen and paper and I wrote down 
every single class I had taken up until then. So it was like the beginning of my sophomore year. And I wrote down my GPA and all the grades that I've had. And I calculated what I would need to do in order to get a high enough GPA by the time I graduated. And so the scary thing was that I literally had to get straight A's. I couldn't even get an A minus. Um, I had to get straight A's, otherwise I wouldn't have been a strong enough candidate. So I, I brought my GPA from a 1.3 all the way up to a 3.6. And it, it shocked pretty much everyone. And I will tell you this, and I'll tell all your listeners this, if you want something so bad and you figure out, you write down your goals, you figure out a way to achieve that, there was a switch that went off in my brain. And that switch, once you switch it on, I was able to absorb so much information like like it was nothing. And all of a sudden I just said, what the hell is this? Like, how did I like uncover this superpower? Mm. And I really just think it's, it's just being intentional. I think it's just believing in yourself. And, and so that just showing what I did there, um, as soon as I applied, a lot of these uh, advisors at the different dental schools were like, is this real? Like, did he really do that? And so, and that that's how I got into uh, two dental schools out here in Nebraska. And it's, it's been an amazing ride. And I, I've, I, I like talking to a lot of uh, younger, younger people um, who are trying to go through school or, or wanting to be a professional and maybe doesn't, they don't think that they can. And I just encourage them to say, you really can do it. You just have to figure out the way and, and um, want it bad enough to be able to turn on a couple of switches in your brain, right? Man, I love that. You can write a book, brother. I love that, the idea of the switch. That's what I've been looking for. You've articulated it so well. Like, I always ask people on the show, what is it about some people that they kick, get kicked to the ground and some of them will stay down? Or just mm-hmm. go down and hit rock bottom. But what is it about others that do that? They flip the switch and they just fucking go. They Like, man, right now you're making me think of David Goggins or somebody who's like, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep on going. And even if their feet are like damaged and broken and they're bleeding from their feet, they're going to keep on running. So I love that, the switch. That's what I'm trying to articulate to my daughter. Like, what is it about certain people that they find their thing, their passion, and they and they do it. And from what I'm hearing from you, dentistry is not like your whole mission. Because I see here on your website, you're trying to lead like a, you're trying to help the whole world. And it says here on your website, Dr. Trino has a vision to serve and help elevate humanity. And it's weird to say that you're coming at it from the angle of dentistry, but to be honest, I think you're you're you seeing it through a holistic way, like not only dentistry, but being smart, studying. Uh, pushing yourself, uh, doing sports, and that switch. What do you think that switch is? Can you articulate that a little bit better? Like, what do you think it is about some people that they can flip the switch and others can't? I think it's in all of us. I don't think there's anything special about me and what I've accomplished. I think anyone can do this. And so the switch is just, uh, it's a do or die mentality. Mm -hmm. You basically, you tell yourself there's no, there's no alternatives. It's you're going to do this. And, and that switch is flipped 
because you have a strong why. Why are you doing whatever the F you're doing? And I can tell you right now, if it's to make money, it's probably not going to be a strong enough reaction or, or why in order to exceed and just blow up. The why has to be so freaking strong that money doesn't matter to you. It's like, it's not, it's not why you're doing things. Like you have to have your heart in the right place. And, and if you can have your heart in the right place, if you can have a really strong why, like for me, my why is, is uh, taking care of my family and my local community here and being a voice for those that don't have a voice. And so I, I just love my family so much and I, I want to do whatever I can to create an amazing community for them with everything that's going on, I, I checked out your social media. I love everything. <laughs> like it, you expose a lot of the stuff that people are too scared to actually look at. And so I see so much corruption and I hate it. And I want to do something to change it for the better for my kids. So I educate my kid, all my, my, my four kids, my, I've got five and one was just born like a couple of weeks ago. And so what I teach them is just little nuggets of um, information in a fun way. Mm, and also, we learn like, like what? So money is really important to me, like helping them understand money and what is real money. And so the reason why it's so important is because our, our entire world revolves around this tool. And so you have to understand what is real money. And I learned it first from Robert Kiyosaki. He, read, he uh, wrote a book uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And as soon as I read that book, I was like, yes, this fucking makes sense. This is exactly what I, the answers that I've been looking for. This, is, this explains inflation. And then I get into like the book, um, uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Oh, yes. And phenomenal. I was like, yes, this, is, this explains the collusion that we see and the, the banksters and, you know, I don't even know how, how high it goes or how deep it goes. I'm sure it's really deep with people. We don't even know if we want to call them people. Right. And so I, I teach them gold, silver, or money, Bitcoin. We're still watching. <laughs> I like the theory of it. I'm just not sure about the transparency and the ability for the government to track you. Mm-hmm. Um, Monero, I'm tracking. And so I teach them about paper money. And I say, this isn't real money. We're going to call this fiat. Mm. And so they're like, oh, okay, so that's fiat. And they'll quiz them throughout, you know, throughout their young lives. And and so my boy the other day, he said, Dad, I want to buy some silver. Like, what is it going to take for me to buy some silver? And I said, well, let's look at the spot price. So I get on the computer. Like, okay, it looks like it's uh, $22 an ounce. It's like, oh, okay, can I buy some? And um, so I have some coins here. I'm like, okay, well, you want to buy some off of me? I won't charge you any commissions. He's like, what's a commission? <laughs> and it just like grows from there. You're just like, you're talking to your child in a way that maybe they won't understand it, but they're gonna ask questions. And that's what you want. You want your children to ask questions and be curious. And you're gonna teach them to question everything, including what you say. 
And that's what I tell my kids. Don't trust what I say. I want you to be free thinkers. I want you to question everything. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the approach I take with parenting is we homeschool our kids. Um, and we do a lot of, um, unschooling, which is basically you just let them be humans and have fun and learn about nature, learn how to learn the different trades. So my kids come to me and come with me on some of the construction projects that I'm working on and they get to see all these, all these people working for daddy. Like, yeah, these people help daddy and they're, they're there to help build this building or they're there to help build this. And this is going to be an asset for us. It's going to put money in our pocket. And they'll correct me. They'll say, no, dad, that's fiat. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun doing that. It's, you have to, it, you almost have to be, uh, you have to slow down when with your, when with your, with your kids, you have yeah. to really sit down with them and, and see them for just as people. Right. And yeah, you're right. I love it. I have a daughter too. It's so, so amazing. The experience of being a dad and like, filling them with knowledge and it's amazing because like you said I have you want your mission is to serve and help humanity what better way than to raise a human being in the way that you have discovered and give them a leg up to like help them understand and even more the intricacies of money and all of that stuff it's so sad how many people don't understand like like you said just how it's just paper it's it represents what money is but there probably even isn't the gold that they're at that fort they're probably they probably it's already gone to the vatican or whatever but I love how you put it, and you should write a book, bro, because I have this idea for a book in my head of a manual for children, essentially, of how to be a hum- a proper human, like, teach them exactly, like, what is money, what are human traditional values, what is the human spirit, what does it mean to have morality, what does it mean to, to elevate yourself, and just kind of like a handbook of putting, like, like you, this whole idea of that you don't have to live the same life that everyone's had, of working in a corporate structure, nine to five, your whole life only have two weeks to, to vacation a year. It, like, your life can be a party. You can like unfold and see what you can do to help others. And I love how your mission's to help and you're even aiming to help your community and you're making that farm that you're talking about. Um, but I want to go back to where you were talking about the book of Jekyll Island because I think that's very important for people to understand how the creation of money started and how essentially it's all depth in a sense. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, before I get into that, well, there's I am writing a couple of books. Okay. Um, one of them is How to Fire Your Dentist. <laughs> 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 and the other, the other book is a children's book, actually, oh, on shit. true on how to really take care of your teeth. Uh, you know, and it doesn't include fluoride or any of that junk, but it's um, hopefully I'll have it finished here in the next couple of months two or three months i'll send you a copy yes Just I'll, give I'll, me your address i, I want to get into that. okay and, and, and then the children's book yeah that's the children's book okay. actually the uh it's a children's book on uh taking care of their mouths and then the the fire dentist book is is one of those books that's gonna uh shine a light on the darkness of dentistry and just the toxicity that we deal with and so and that's why I'm a biological dentist because I've we'll get into that a little bit later uh, but yeah, those two books and then you also mentioned um, there needs to be a series of books for our kids have you ever heard of the Tuttle twins 
No, no. How do you spell that? T U uh, T U T T L E. Okay. Kids. Twins. Twins. Okay. Oh, dude, they're awesome. They even have a, a kid version of the Jekyll Island book. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you need to check them out. They're they've got a series of different books that teach you basically libertarian principles, oh, the, wow. the Austrian school of economics. Um, they're huge on real, true. Um, capitalism because there's the there's a socialistic capitalism that i think everyone hates that people get confused about and there's true free market capitalism and that's what we all strive for i think mm -hmm. some of us are dictators and we want to like you know just control everyone else's actions but if you're a true free market capitalist you you basically you want freedom and you within the boundaries of basically you shouldn't harm others, right. To get what you, uh, to get to what you want. No, I love that brother. Um, yeah, essentially just, um, man, dude, I, I would love to meet you. Where do you, where do you live at? You said Wyoming? Oh, heck no. I live in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's where you're making the farm, right? Is it real close to your home? Yeah. Uh, we live in a small town called Gretna. It's one of the suburbs of Omaha. And, um, yeah, we, we, we just bought, uh, about 10 acres in Gretna and there's a, there was a single family home on there. So we, we converted that into an Airbnb and, um, talking to some people that are experienced in, in regenerative farming, cause I can't do all this by myself. I need help. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm talking to some people that might be able to help me establish this regenerative farm. And what made you have the idea for that? Did it come from like learning about the truth of dentistry and food and water? Yeah, I think just being in, just being in this industry and, and seeing so much disease in people's mouths, I, I was like, why is there so much disease? And it's literally the it's it's a it's a multitude of things, but I think it based it's based off of the corruption of our food system and the corruption of our water system. And so we need clean, nutrition, nutritionally dense foods. We need clean water and we need sunshine to be able to be healthy, optimal human beings. Right. And um, I, I love that idea that you have to farm your own food. But the thing that bothers me is that we all try to get uh, clean water and all that, but I think the thing that people don't ever really look at is that when we shower, we're using that water that's not exactly clean, and right. uh, and your body absorbs water. So it kind of whenever I'm about to take a shower, I try to. I heard that if you drink a lot of water right before you shower, your body is not as thirsty for it, so you won't absorb as much of it from whenever you're showering. But I heard that they have filters for it. And it just seems that the more you pay attention, it seems like they're attacking us with, through all type of vectors, through your food, through the water, through the TV, through music, the air we breathe. It's all being tainted and poisoned in a way that it's basically kind of imperceivable. But once you start paying attention, you, you notice it everywhere. Um, what What is it that you said you saw all the... the hypocrisy or all the things that were wrong with dentistry can we talk about those and how you're helping people learn about those and how you can you combat that through your dental, dental practice 
Yeah. Did you want to talk about the creature from Jekyll Island? Sorry, I, I kind of. Yeah, I know we jumped that. We can straight. come back to that, but I want to. I want. I want people to hear from your profession, like, because we have already sort of talked about that. But I want to hear. Uh, oh yeah. Your perspective. Okay. It. Yeah. So, um, I was a normal, conventional dentist up until 2017, and in 2017, I experienced acute mercury poisoning, and that's some scary shit because as a dentist. If you have shaky hands and you can't focus and think straight, mm. you're done. How did you get poisoned by mercury? I um, I was removing mercury fillings improperly. Oh. And I was doing a lot of that work. And so my body just accumulated uh, so much of that toxin that I started getting uh, nervous and neurological issues. And it scared the shit out of me. So I, um, at the time, <clears throat> I still remember the day that I, that I got triggered. It was uh, a day that I was supposed to meet my wife for lunch at Chipotle, uh, just there in town. And I just felt off. It's just like my whole, you know how you, you feel like you're getting sick and you're just like, oh, something's coming on. Mm. It feels like that just with, instead of, um, it feels like that, except for adding on like irritability, um, like you almost feel like you need to jump out of your skin and your, your fingers are tingly. Uh, my hands were shaking. And so I got in my car, went to go drive over to Chipotle. The scary thing is I did not remember driving to the restaurant. Oh, wow. And so that really freaked me out. I, I said, Kelly, my, I am feeling off today. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I, she, she got scared. She's like, what the heck do you think could have happened? She, did you eat something weird? I'm like, no, I didn't eat anything weird. I said, and we just kind of went through my entire day. And the females in our lives, a lot of times have a lot of intuition. And she, she actually was taking a, a nutritional therapy course. And in that course, they were learning about uh, the dangers of mercury fillings and just the, the amount of mercury that's in them. And, and she asked me, I was like, you think it's from the fillings that you, that you're working with? I said, no, there's no freaking way. There's no way. Like we were taught that these are safe and that they're effective. And I had just graduated at the time. I was two years into practicing and I, I would just, I didn't think that was it. And so that night, she was just doing a bunch of research and found a couple of videos on, on YouTube. One was uh, um, a video f of a dentist from New York, Dr. Jerry Curatola, who uh, was talking about these toxins. And she showed me and I was like, holy shit, I need to call this guy to see, <laughs> see if this is real. And making a long story short, basically, I flew out to New York to meet the guy and he told me that I needed to fly out to Vermont to go to um, a meeting. It's a, it's an international group of dentists and, and doctors who are basically fighting the, uh, the establishment and fighting the, uh, the status quo in dentistry, um, out being spoke spokespeople for the dangers of and toxicities of uh, the materials that we use in dentistry. And that opened my eyes. Like, as soon as I went to that meeting, I just was able to connect with a lot of different mentors and people that have um, 
kind of paved, paved the path for a lot of us. And again, like I've had these, these times in my life where switches get flipped. <laughs> I had another flip got switched and all of a sudden I started downloading information like a freaking crazy person. I bought all the books. I listened to all the podcasts and that's what I do. I, I tend to overdo it on listening to a bunch of stuff and uh, absorbing all the information so that I can then formulate my own mm. belief system, my own yes. ideology behind it. And so what I what I noted was there's a lot of camps within biological dentistry, so they can't ever agree on a lot of things, as there is a lot of camps within just conventional dentistry. And so I said, what the hell with it? I'm going to form my own camp. We'll call it Camp Trino. And, um, and that's kind of what I um, endeavored and set out to do, is just create a brand, Niboka Dentistry, that's going to look at the root cause for people's ailments and not only just look to see those root causes, but to help people to figure out what the solutions they need to do. They need to figure out to be able to get better for their future generations. And so you talk about water and water is so important. And yes, like your skin absorbs all those toxins. And so one of the, th one of the easiest things that we can do in our communities is just petition to remove the damn fluoride out of our, out of our water. That's one less neurotoxin that you're getting exposed to. And then, yes, that doesn't, I mean, you're still, it's still pretty dirty water and it's not, it's not really regenerative for you. Um, but it's at least better, you know? So while there is a toxic soup of crap all around us, we also have to take a look at the positives and realize that our bodies are amazing machines and they're able to process these toxins for most of us. And our livers are able to clear these toxins and our kidneys are as well. We really are intelligently designed in an amazing way to be able to manage all these uh, assaults at our, at our biology. Yeah, man. Yeah. <clears throat> it's amazing how, like you said, we're all being attacked, but yet our bodies are still capable of fighting it off. Um, what, did, what exactly did you say? You were removing mercury fillings or you were putting them on people? I was doing both. Okay, why did why did people why would why why did they used to believe that that was such a good thing and that, why is it a bad thing and are they still doing it? Good questions. They are these fillings are fifty percent mercury by weight. All right, so the most dangerous time for these fillings are when you're first placing them because literally it's elemental mercury and you're mixing it with a bunch of metals like silver, tin, copper, you know, a bunch of other crap. And in the mixing process, it just releases a ton of mercury vapors that you absorb through your skin, all your mucous membranes. Um, it, it, I mean, it's pretty, it's nasty thing, nasty stuff. And the second worst time, most dangerous time is when you're removing it because you're taking a high speed drill to this, material that's 50% mercury by weight and you're creating these tiny little micro particles and nanoparticles that then get inhaled into your lungs right are you picturing this yes yes that are constantly releasing mercury vapors oh, and mercury is a neurodegenerative 
element. It's, it's highly, it's one of the most toxic things in the, in the world. Um, it's not, it's not radioactive, but damn, like it, it messes with our biology pretty bad. Why is it in there? Why did they decide to put that in there? It's cheap, effective, it's cost effective, and it's um, easy to place. Wow. And so are, is that still being done, though? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of dentists that still place it. I get a lot of uh, pushback from even my, I don't have any more friends <laughs> in dentistry. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the black sheep out there, and I don't care. Yeah, I really don't. Similarly, I'm all on. the people who are ex- actually trying to help others learn and educate them, people like push them off. I don't know why. It, people have a hard time with accepting that they maybe knew something that was wrong or did something wrong and they push so hard against it that they, they'll rather just stop talking to you than maybe listen. But um, let me ask you, so what do people now do instead of doing mercury fillings? What other fillings could you, what else can you use? And that's where I'm different from most biological dentists. I won't, I won't, I won't lie to you. Nothing's better than your, your uh, natural tooth. So if, if we have to do something to you, we've lost the game. So if I need to place a filling on you, I'm going to be using the best material that I know, but it is still man-made. And so we have what are called composites. And some of the older composites had BPA. So BPA is estrogenic and it messes with your hormones. So then we learned that, okay, cool. Let's switch it out to like a different type of composite. So we're constantly finding better materials. And that's what biological dentistry is really about. It's like, what is the most biomimetic material that is going to be biocompatible with the person? Mm. So biomimetic means, is it, does it look like it and does it feel like it and does it act like it? And if, if you can get that, I mean, the, those composite fillings are beautiful. They're tooth colored. A lot of times you don't, you can't even tell someone how the filling versus the mercury fillings. They're dark and gray and black sometimes, and they're, they break teeth. Those are not biomimetic because hell it's a metal and it doesn't, contract and expand at the same rate as enamel or dentin and and it also doesn't look like a normal tooth like you can pick them pick them out from a mile away um so that's what biomimetic means biocompatibility is basically is it going to react with this person and so we want something that's not going to react with the body or minimally react with the body so composites um, I also do ceramic crowns, ceramic fillings, and those are very, very good. They're very biomimetic. The problem that I have with them is that you still have to use a glue, right? You have to use an adhesive to stick it to the tooth. And a lot of times that adhesive has chemicals in it that might cause reactions. And so I always tell people like, pick your poison. We're like anything in dentistry isn't a hundred percent clean we've if we've lost your enamel then we need to repair it somehow and if you choose a dentist that practices practices the way i do they're going to have your best interest in mind they're going to see they're going to find the best materials for you and have that at the forefront um as far as like implants go the same thing there's two different styles uh one is a titanium implant 
and the other is a zirconia. I place both because I think they both have a place in uh, in dentistry. Uh, but the zirconia implant, zirconia oxide, is a ceramic, and it it's beautiful. It blends in well with the bone, and it doesn't show uh, any gray hue through the gum tissue. Versus a titanium implant, it's dark. It's really dark, and it also shows through the gum tissue. And it, if you're placing an implant on a front tooth, it, it can sometimes look pretty ugly. Hmm. And when those titanium implants are not pure, that's 99.9% titanium, they add in a bunch of crap that can cause reactive um, like particles, like rust particles coming off of those titanium implants. And that's, I think that's what's causing a lot of the reactions with, with titanium. I don't think it's the pure titanium. What about, I don't know, I'm an idiot. What about gold? Because I've seen people have gold teeth sometimes or something. Yeah, so gold is a very, very good um, biomimetic in the regards of the function of it. It just doesn't look like a tooth, right? It's it's gold. No, but it's cool. It is very cool. I, got, I had a patient that wanted his front tooth gold. I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Let's, go. <laughs> Let's go for gold. And it looks cool. Um, the problem with any type of metal in your mouth, it becomes a res- an antenna, a receptor for mm. uh, frequencies, right? Whoa. So you can, and if you have multiple different types of metals in your mouth, you create a little battery mm. in the mouth. It's called galvanism. Really? And that's also problematic, yeah. What, can you shock people or like what is that, what effect does that do? Yeah, so... Um, some I've had a I had a patient who kept complaining about pain and pain and pain on their lower left jaw, and I just take one quick look at him like it's because you have two different types of metals right next to each other. Mm. She's like my other dentists weren't able to find anything like everything looks normal. I'm like yeah you have two different types of metals you have a battery in your mouth. Wow. If I were to take like a ohm meter and and you know put one on one and one on the other. You'd have an electrical current going really? through there. So she's constantly getting like her nerves just shocked. Holy shit. I didn't know so, that. Damn. Yeah. So you remove that and then all of a sudden her symptoms go away. Wow. And so metal in the mouth, you try to avoid it. But, you know, it's we shouldn't be fearful of metals, though, because we need metals to survive like magnesium, copper. We need calcium. It's a metal. Um, so I, I don't like to push fear on people with metals. You just you should just be selective on which ones um, you restore your teeth with. Yeah, I like how you said you pick your poison. But I think that gold thing, I think it just goes more to show why the ancients and all cultures kind of venerated gold. I don't know if you got an into this weird rabbit hole, but according to some uh, myth... I love rabbit holes. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, maybe you like this. According to some mythological stories, the Anunnaki... The people who supposedly seeded us here on Earth, which I, I don't really believe that story. I think that's a myth kind of created to brainwash people to believe some things. But apparently the Anunnaki who seeded humanity here created us as a slave race to mine gold because they needed gold. Because apparently in their planet, they were using gold to like spray it in the air because apparently their sun was too bright and was destroying their planet. I don't know. This is what the people who believe in the Anunnaki and all that stuff believe. And that for them, gold was so precious. And I think that's just maybe another weird thing why people... And gold in itself, the properties that gold has, uh, how it can melt and how it can have 
various uses. I think it's so interesting how it's been put here on earth by God and how, I don't know, just how awesome it is. Yeah, I've heard of the Anunnaki and I'm a student of life. So I'll, I'll like listen to everything. And those theories, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, I like sci-fi. And so I'm kind of drawn to that kind of stuff. But I'm just like you. I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it true? Right. Who knows? Like, right. Let's keep learning more. Like, exactly. The Sumerians man. and the Babylonians and the Aztecs and their their technology. But here's one thing that I know to be extremely fascinating is the pyramids in Peru, in Mexico, mm-hmm. in Egypt. Like how the hell, like we can't replicate some of these um, massive structures. And that is what boggles my mind. So I think there's a lot of lost uh, technology that we used to have as a species. And so those big questions make me just open up my mind to any type of theory. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's fun. Uh, but gold is very, it's a very precious metal. It has a lot of amazing properties to it. And humans have been using it as money, as real money for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a, I mean, we use it in computer processes, processors and, and different things like that. So it's got amazing properties. Um, but I don't know too much more like past that. Well, maybe I can maybe blow your mind a little with that whole, because that stuff fascinates me too, learning about monolithic structures, the ley lines, the energy that supposedly pulls from the earth. But apparently, because I've been seeking, like trying to figure out how do they build the pyramids? Like that's always rattling my head. And then mm-hmm. I, I came across something that blew my mind. And I don't know if you believe it. I don't know if I believe it. It's just something I read. And I like how you said you're willing to listen to anything. And I think that's another key thing that people forget that you have to have an open mind and be willing to listen to outlandish stories because maybe in them is a little truth nugget that you can use in something else and make the puzzle fit better. But what I figured out or learned is that I'm sure you know the Bible has books missing from it. There's a book called The Testament of Solomon, and it's supposedly the book Solomon wrote. And apparently in the book of Solomon, it says that God gave Solomon a a ring And this ring was called the key of Solomon. And that with this key, he could control demons. So demons were essentially his slave. So he used these demons to cut and move heavy stones. And when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, that kind of makes sense in a way, you know. What if there is like, what if the ancients, and I don't know if you believe this, but my idea is that a lot of the ancient um, civilizations that sprung out around the world all of them talk about the way that they were created was some angels or something from above came with knowledge and kind of seeded humanity and created civilizations. So what I've come to think, just my personal theory, is that the fallen angels from God or heaven or whatever went around the earth and established different cultures and they created these amazing structures through the through the power that they have, which I don't know what they use, if it's spiritual in nature or scientific in some way, but they created all these cultures and they venerated these people as gods. <clears throat> these were the gods that created humanity all throughout the world. And what if they were in some type of way, maybe in communion with, I don't know, demons or spirits or aliens or whatever you want to call them, and that's what actually helped them do these amazing 
feet, which we're like just left scratching our heads, and we can't even come up with a good idea of how they did it. Yeah, it's those those theories. Anything's anything's possible. It's because we're we're witnessing the impossible. Like we those stones, those massive stones that you're talking about, like we can't replicate that today with our current technology. Right. And it's it's almost like it's like laser like it's just they're perfect lines and, and they come together perfectly. Right. And yeah, I hadn't heard about um the testament of Solomon or 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 the key that he had to be able to control demons. It's fascinating and and I feel like a lot of the things in the Bible are are stories that are told in in other cultures in different texts. So there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm, have you mm-hmm. have you studied that and, yes. and found that to be true? Right. I'm actually reading a book right now. It's about the history of religions and how they all kind of have the same sort of characteristics or but then they also have their own personal styles depending on what region of the world they were and and even how um, the geology around them helped form the way that the religions are from any particular area right yeah it's that's that's one thing that i wish we had I had more time to really dive deep deep into is to to learn more about human history and there's some people that i've listened to that actually they're doing it and they're they're fascinating maybe you've heard of them one's um uh, jimmy I can't remember his last name, but he he's a YouTuber. He's got Bright Insight, I think is his YouTube handle. Bright Insight. Okay. Yeah, he talks about ancient civilizations and um it's just he goes he actually travels to the different sites and he'll show evidence of um just the just different structures that we, we aren't able to replicate today. So he does a phenomenal job there. Um, another guy is Graham Hancock. He wrote the book Fingerprints of the Gods. And he also talks about the uh, ancient civilizations. And he just asks some really good questions like how, like how, where do we come from? Why do we not know our own history? Right, right. I found the guy is Jimmy Corsetti. I love him. I follow him too. He was on Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. Yeah, He's, man. Uh, I love that history of where do we come from exactly like the basic questions for life for humanity people don't really ask them like who are we why are we here where do we come from where are we going like the basic things are kind of kept from us and no one really asks the questions of what is really going on do you know what I think um I think a lot of it's also our own doing we we don't have the time to actually think those thoughts mm, exactly yeah and that's what my whole channel of truth in media is kind of i'm kind of helping expose the fact that they're all trying to get our attention away from god in a way anything mm-hmm. that that just sucks up your attention tv movies fashion entertainment essentially that's what the american culture is i've realized it's materialistic like you said in the beginning it's just consuming consuming and not creating anything for yourself yeah, absolutely. And that's and it's something that I'm very passionate about changing for myself. Um, I'm still in the rat race. <laughs> I'm still trying to um, free my free myself from being a, a slave to time. Mm-hmm. 
and time is our most valuable asset. And if you can figure out a way to leverage yourself to be able to do great things, I think that's for me anyways, that's, that's what's going to make me the, um, the most happy, the most efficient person that I think I can be. Right. Right. Yeah, man, because when I look at movies like of past times, like even tribal times, like people didn't have jobs. They just lived. They figured things out as they went. They built a house that they were going to live in with their friends. And like now people are just tied, tied to mortgages and just work for well, They go to work to pay for the car that gets them there to live <laughs> at the house that they're barely in because they're always working. And it's just like, man, when you really stop and think about it and take a step back and look at what are our lives and why are they the way they are? And like you said, though, it's true. We create it for ourselves. We have the key. We have the power to flip that switch, like you said, to like go after and create the life that you want to live. And I, basically, I look up to you, dude. You're doing it. You're going to create a regenerative farm. That's my dream right now. I'm actually working on creating my own farm to grow my own food. But awesome. Then, but then when I think about that, also, you're going to need to have like a greenhouse because I'm sure you're aware how they spray chemtrails in the air. And even the rain that comes from the air is tainted in a way. Right. Yeah. And especially in Nebraska, too. Not only do they, is there sh stuff coming from above, there's farmers, too, that spray a bunch of glyphosate and just junk. And it's, it gets everywhere. Like you can smell it when you're just in the house. So there's a lot that we, there's a lot that we're up against as a, as a society of free thinkers. But I'm optimistic because I think there's, there's so much information. There's so many people. I mean, you and I, like you somehow we met, you know, on this social media that you can either do harm, you know, you're constantly getting your dopamine hit. You're, you know, you're looking through it or you use it as a tool for good. Right. Right. You're finding people connecting with your tribe. And so it's like a double-edged sword. Right. There's always a balance in life. Right, right. And so you've leveraged that for good. I wouldn't have never found you. But because you're looking for truth, you found me. And we have so much in common. And it just like snowballs from there. So we're finding our people. We're finding our tribe. And together is how we we beat the system. Like that's... Basically, we have to help each other out, help each other decentralize and and do things in a way where we don't need to be taken care of, because that's how they're going to that's how that's how the uh, the tyrannical people function. They want to control every aspect of your life. And if you study anything about carbon credits, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just another way to control you. And it's um at the end of the day, if you have a strong local community around you, I think you're going to be a heck of a lot better off, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to be what is that term anti fragile. Mm. I love that. Yeah, man, I, I love it. Yeah, exactly. The that the internet, it was kind of created to control us. Well, it was created to for for CERN and to transmit information for the military, but it kind of slipped away from them, and now it's amazing what it is. But like you said, yeah, it can be used to like just suck up your energy all day or to find the others. That's, my, that's what I end my show with. We are out here to find the others, the people who are on the same wavelength, who are trying to wake others up and show them all the hypocrisy and the lies that we've been told. And 
to just to make a better life for ourselves. And I think it's crazy and wild how they're making conspiracy theorists or conservative people like made out to look like the bad guy. It's like now they're attacking people who who like traditional values, who want a family, who who don't want to change their gender. Like these people are now being called crazy. The normal people are being <laughs> made out to look like that we're somehow terrorists or something, but I, yeah. I exactly. I love that I found you, brother, and um, I'm so happy that you're working on those books. Actually, whenever you do end up doing something, please contact me, and we'll do this again, and we'll try to get it out to the people because that's what we're here to do. And I love like everything that I try to do with this podcast is synchronistic. And thank you. Now I found that there's a set of Tootle twin books, right? Is that what you said, Tootle? Yeah, Tuttle. Tuttle. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna look into those. Y'all, y'all do too. Everything that we talk about here, guys, like actually pause the show and go look into it like dig don't just consume actually if you were listening to this like go out and look into the things that we're talking about and use them to enrich your life and your families and the people around you and that's how you beat the matrix it's not like through guns or bombs or fighting back it's just walking away and living your own life so thank you uh doctor for coming on today um you gave us a lot of good tips i wrote some here down as we come to a close though if, if people are looking to get fillings, so you mentioned that there's composites, ceramic crown fillings, and um, implants with titanium and zirconia and oxide, right, that they can ask their dentist about? Yeah, most most gen- general dentists won't know, um, and they they really, your, your listeners should look, look for a biological dentist or a functional dentist. And one way they can do that is to go to www.iaomt.com. I think it's .org, actually. I-O-M-T? I-A-O-M-T dot org. Okay. And I can send you that, too, so you can um, link it up. And what is that? It routes them to local doctors that are biological doctors? Yeah, there's a search engine on there. And so you can... uh, There's pretty much a biological dentist in every state no one like me of course so if you want to come out to <laughs> Omaha, nebraska and get your oral awesome. taken care of you can come out fly out yeah man y'all do it man y'all do it help support the people that are actually fighting for us you know instead of i found it very interesting how you said that woman had that battery in her mouth essentially like the other doctors didn't know because they're entrained in that way to think that the things that they're pushing are normal and it takes somebody like you who's actually seeking and looking at things from different points of view that notices oh wait a minute this is what's happening how did the other doctors miss it yeah it's it's just being um being good at listening and watching like listening to symptoms and you're right you we do have to support one another i always say you got to vote with your dollars Mm -hmm. and that's how you make a difference right yeah i love it so y'all please go check out he has a website i'm gonna put his website his instagram um, the link to the Tootle Twins and the IOMT.org, all that good stuff. Um, anything else you want to plug in, brother? Um, I've got a free uh, booklet, like an ebook for people. I'll send that over to you. It's a small tutorial on how, how the oral microbiome affects you, and just it teaches you what it is and how to take care of it. Okay, that sounds awesome, brother. And I would love to have you on again. You're really interesting. I think we go a lot of the same rabbit holes. And I think anyone would who's really just paying attention. Everything's fascinating. And if you just keep 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 digging and keep seeking, man, you'll find some interesting shit. 
You really do. I appreciate having me on. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. And uh, so everyone, go check out the links. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. Man, that was a great talk with Dr. Trino Nuno. Damn, that dude's awesome, man. I, I look up to him. I, that's kind of the version of myself that I see myself becoming. That's what I want to be, like have my own farm, help people, educate them how to create their own sustainable way of living. That's awesome, and I'm glad there's people out there doing it. And <clears throat> y'all get into it, too, because if y'all, I don't know if y'all noticed, but the gardening community is growing exponentially on not just Instagram, but all the social media sites. People are kind of like craving to go back to that way of just living off of your own, not fucking being dependent on grocery stores or Home Depot. You know, you can all do it yourself. It's just a matter of grabbing yourself by the balls and flipping the switch like Trino says. I'm going to use that from now on. That's a really good way of fucking putting it. Like, what does it take to make the switch to, like, get you to go, to, like, start working on yourself, to not putting things off? Like, the whole idea of it bothers me when people say that they're waiting for the new year to make a new change. Like, start now. Don't use the, what is it called? Um, damn it, I'm blanking. Resolutions. God damn, I couldn't think of it. Had to pause to think of the word resolutions. But either way, yeah, that's what we're here to do, man. Change now. Like, do the change now. Don't wait for something or for an excuse. Like, what is your why? Why do you want what you want? And if you really want it, then you'll get it. And I love how Trino put it. You can put your focus on money. You can't say, oh, I want money. I want to figure out how to get money. It has to come from a passion. Like, his kind of was just helping people. And then it became into dentistry and helping others. Even now creating a farm, all that good shit. But now I'm just rambling. As I, when we were talking, he reminded me a lot of David Goggins. Just that tenacity to fucking work and do it and not saying no. And coming from a one point something GPA average, he fucking got all A's. And now he's doing all badass shit. <clears throat> so with that, I want to actually end with another song from a guy that I've played here. It's Akira the Dawn. He takes uh, speeches from people and makes awesome music from it. So this one is called Unacceptable, and it's uh, it includes the speeches from David Goggins. And um, this is on my gym playlist, so I'll have it. So when I'm working out, this song comes on, and it just gives me a little bit more fuel to just keep pushing. So I hope you all enjoyed this. Go check out the links. They're down below. And this is Akira the Dawn, Unacceptable with David Goggins. Peace. Fucking damn cinnamon buns and shit and fucking chuck and chuck and milkshake. I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. But I can't want it more than you. And so many people just want it the easy way. I'm sorry, man. It's not. So what they start to do is they build this narrative. It's okay. When the narrative should be, you need to fucking work hard. You need to fucking discipline your mind better. We need to help people more than just saying it's okay. 
it's okay that you're not fucking willing to fucking help yourself out. That's not okay. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. You know it's your life. If that's acceptable, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You know it's your life. That's unacceptable. Then just saying it's okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's unacceptable. And there's a lot of people in this world, me included, that if I accepted that, I wouldn't be anywhere. So yeah, a lot of people just fucking they they start creating a narrative about themselves that make it okay. The ultimate get out jail free card. And now the world is set up to have so many get out jail free cards. Everything is okay. And you can't say a motherfucking thing about it. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. You know it's your life. If that's acceptable, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You know it's your life. That's unacceptable. Then just saying it's okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You know it's your life. That's unacceptable. Then just saying it's okay. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's unacceptable.